I'm going to practice a stop technique. And the S is stop, which I just did, and it becomes still. The T is take three deep breaths. I mean, the full breaths, it's through the nose, all the way to the belly, push the belly out, bring it up. And the O is observe any tension in the body. And as you breathe out through the soles of your feet, allow that energy and tension just to fade away. Do that three times. And then P is come back up out of that place of stillness, open your eyes and proceed with kindness. Mm. So do one kind act, whatever it's put a smile on your face. Yep. Say something good about the weather. Have a happy thought. And yep. that will take about 30 seconds. And what that does is that whatever thought you were thinking when you went into the process has faded away. <laughs> and if you can make thoughts fade away, then you part the clouds and you see the sky. Hi, friends, and welcome to Curiously Wise. I am Lauren Wittig, and I am really excited to have Alan Carroll here with me today. He and I had a chance to connect at Apatapalooza a few months ago and decided that the little 20-minute time we had to record this just wasn't enough. So we're going to do a full-on episode of Curiously Wise today with Alan Carroll. And I'm just going to read you his bio, and then, and then we'll zoom into the conversation. So Alan is an educational psychologist specializing in transpersonal psychology, and I will ask him about that. He's also the founder of Alan Carroll & Associates, is a successful public speaker, trainer, coach, and corporate consultant. He and his team have delivered the Mindfulness in Action workshops in over 50 countries since 1983. He has been featured on ABC TV and appeared on several radio programs and podcasts. Alan's passion is helping people experience mindfulness through the stage of public speaking. Alan is a caretaker of the earth, enjoying gardening, hiking, bicycling, and especially time with family and friends. He lives in Northern Virginia with his family, and I used to live up in that part of the, the world. I'm now in Southern Virginia, Southeastern Virginia, but yeah, so that popped out at me. So right like now, that. Lauren, you're in Southeast Virginia? Yeah, I'm in Williamsburg. Oh, isn't that a pretty place? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we moved boy. we moved from DC 23 years ago almost. DC was where I I went, finished high school and my parents lived and stuff. So I love I love that area, but I don't get up there much anymore. Too much traffic. Cool. <laughs> so, Alan, officially welcome to Curiously Wise. I'm really happy to that we're going to have this longer conversation today. Me too. Let me just start with you and I got connected on Potapalooza as what we were calling a blind date. Because there really didn't seem to be a, a through line for sort of the spiritual metaphysical stuff and your speaking stuff. But then we discovered that there's this mindfulness connection. And so that is, I love meeting people who are doing things that don't look like what I do because I'm an intuitive healer and do all the, you know, the, the woo-woo stuff. And yet you are so grounded in that mindfulness aspect that I really enjoyed learning about that from you, about how you use that in your work. So I want to start, though, from something from your bio, and that is this transpersonal psychology. Could you define that for me? Transpersonal psychology. A transpersonal psychologist would say that there are two dimensions of consciousness. 
there is the ego dimension of consciousness, which is the collective of all your thoughts and identity and who you are from the time you can remember, all, all your memories of everything from the past, all the I am, Lauren, I am an American, I am a Virginian, I am the football team, all the things that you've identified yourself to be, all those concepts, which I wrap up into a, I call it a Gordian knot. <laughs> and, and that condensation of thought is your, is your ego. And if I say anything about anything you've identified yourself to be, like those people from Southern Virginia are lousy people, the people from Northern Virginia are good people, and if you've identified yourself as a Williamsburg person and I just insulted you, you then feel that something just happened in your moment of now that you don't like. Yeah. So now you hold a grievance against me and that creates a cannonball that bring, brings you down. So yeah. the transpersonal psychologist is going to say, let's get out of that ego let's go to the other consciousness, which is space, okay. pausing. We call it the being. You can call it mindfulness. You can call it presence. It applies to everyone. And people are, are trapped in the ego and they're, and they're sailing through the space, but they're, they're sailing with a cannonball, holding onto a cannonball swimming. You want to let go of it. So you want to be able to create the space. And so transpersonal psychologists, creates exercises that people can do in order to create space that frees them from the, the, the unravels the ego and, and frees their spirit. Oh, we need so much more of that in the world. <laughs> it's easy. All you, all you have to do, uh -huh. it's like, it's like what I'm describing are the, are the, is the sky and, and you see the clouds. The clouds are your thoughts. And so you see all the clouds, but if you can part the thoughts, if you can part the thoughts that you think, then you'll see the sky on the other side of the thoughts that you think, which in, in the Hindu tradition, they call it mukti. They call it liberation from the mind. They say that there is something on the other side of the thoughts that you think, which is an empty space of nothingness. And But people have identified themselves as the thought, so they can't escape from the thought in order to experience the empty space. So you got to do exercises <laughs> okay. in order to escape from the thoughts that you're yeah. thinking. Yeah, no, and that that I love that image. That's that's a really useful image. I use a lot of visualization with my clients, and that's I, so I'm always looking for great ways to describe things. Absolutely, um, me too. Me yeah, too. yeah. So okay, that's really I, I love that because I I do I struggled with ego a lot. I still do. I mean, we all we it's a continuous journey and process. But that getting beyond the judgment that ego is quick to to bring up is something that I have found really well. Meditation helped me get through that. You bet. Get, you know, to where I could recognize it, and now yep. I recognize it very quickly. Yep. And I can stop it immediately. Yep. And it is such a a light in my life to be able to do that because we live in this sort of very you know right wrong black white you know, up, down kind of polarity. And all of that is judgment. Whereas if you could see the sky and get all that judgment out, you see that it's all one and everything's connected. And it, it just, for me, it's been a life-changing understanding that that's just the ego trying to sort things out, keep me safe, you know, warn me about stuff. And I don't, I don't need that. You know, if there's a fire, it's good to have it because it goes, don't you touch bet. that. You know? yeah. It's a red light. 
Yep. Am I supposed to stop at a red light? Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, so the past, the ego lives in the past. And so right. people use the ego and try to understand what's going on right now. And in the very first lesson in the Course of Miracles, they say, nothing you see has any meaning. Mm -hmm. And right away, the ego says, bull, everything has meaning. I have a meaning. My thoughts have a meaning. My point of view has a meaning. I mean, that, that makes me, me, because I have a meaning. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that, that does make you, you. That is true. But there's another you on the other side of the thoughts that you consider yourself to be, which, are, which is your conceptual identity. Mm -hmm. So we can put your conceptual identity, which are all the thoughts of the past and all the thoughts of the future, just wipe those off the table right now. Mm -hmm. Just just put them to the side, put all the thoughts from the past and all the thoughts, your memories, just put just for a second, put, put them aside and just see that empty space in which there are no thoughts. And, and, and you can create the empty space in which there are no thoughts, which is the key to wisdom, because wisdom doesn't lie in the thought that you have already thought. Wisdom lies in the thoughts, it lives in the empty space in which there are no thoughts, from which everything comes from. And mm -hmm. so if you can ground yourself, how can you do that? How can, how can you do, you get caught with the content, forget the content. All you need to do is control the timing. Mm -hmm of the speaking that you do every single day and it's free but you have to disrupt the speaker and the speaker is my identity and the speaker is my ego and you're damn well not going to disrupt me and that's right and that's wrong so uh -huh. you have to be conscious enough to yeah. recognize the damage the psychological, mental, emotional damage your speaking does to yeah. your physiological being. And if you can wake up like lucid dreaming, you wake up with the thought, I'm thinking, just, just have the thought one time. Wake up that I'm thinking, well, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about having lunch. Great. But put a space between the thought of lunch and the observer and that that observer is the freedom of psychological happiness yeah yeah the, the, the ability to observe because you no longer get agitated by what you're seeing right so now right. you're still and that's where the curiosity for me comes in because for me, I, I, I jump to judgment. I'm human. You know, it's like, why aren't you moving at the green light? <laughs> can I get kind of wound up? And then I can, I've learned, that's where I practiced actually at first. Was it stoplights? Sure. For Driving is a great I, place I, to let it go. Yeah. I, yeah. I let it go while I drive sometimes. <laughs> but I learned, I learned to just, I finally learned and this is years ago now, because it was when I was first learning meditation, first learning that I don't have to be so reactive. And I would literally take my hands off the steering wheel and put them in my lap and take a breath yep. and remind myself that I live in a small town. Nothing is more than 20 minutes away. I'm going to be where I need to be when I get there. You know, <laughs> But I had to go through that whole reminder to just stop, stop that judgment, stop that 
anxiety that I think so much of driving is a lot of anxiousness. How am I going to get there? How fast can I drive? I don't want to get a ticket. I was like this constant litany. But for me, that was a really useful, and I haven't thought about it in years now, but it was a really useful practice. Just like I was trying to create a meditation practice that I wasn't real good at yet. But that was something I did all the time. I still had kids at home that I was driving back and forth to school and all kinds of stuff. And that became a moment for me to stop and make the space. I didn't know that's what I was doing. But I'd stop. I would observe the thoughts and let them go. And yep. it's, it was life-changing. Yep. It's it life-changing, life-changing, Lauren. It, so It's, it's life-changing because I know that, that 95% of the psychological dissatisfaction and suffering that people have every day in the movie of life that they get to experience, 95%. Has absolutely nothing to do with the thing they're looking at. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the paintbrush and the canvas that you paint your rendition of what you're looking at in your mind's eye. And this is what I this is what I see. Oh, Lauren's wearing a purple shirt. I, I don't like purple shirts. She has that funny little moon stuff. So that becomes my mm-hmm. the how I see you now is how I paint you. Yes, you just created a reality around that. Yeah, I've created a reality in my mind. Now, of course, you have a different view and you paint the same thing that we're looking at. You paint it totally different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why Mm -hmm. do you paint it in one way and I paint it in another way? Because that's that's the past. That's our conditioning. That's our conditioning from the past. Yeah. And and if you can, if you can wake up and realize that the paintbrush is in your hand right now. So you go up to the the red light or the person who is slowing down in the fast lane when they shouldn't do that, and you can see yourself painting the description of the movie that you're in right now, Mm -hmm. and and you realize that the way I'm painting it is the way I'm going to react to it. Mm -hmm. And I say to myself, why would I want to paint it that way, which would cause this kind of reaction? Is there another option? Is there another way that I could paint this scene of Alan Carroll's movie mm-hmm. that Alan Carroll would experience more joy, that mm-hmm. Alan Carroll would experience more love, satisfaction, be at ease, be at stuff? Is there another way to do it? And the answer is yes. Through mindfulness, which is to become awake that you have the paintbrush in your hand. Mm-hmm. and. And, and it's, the, it's the way of managing the thoughts, the 80,000 thoughts that pass through your consciousness every day of which you remember nothing. Right. It fade away. So the thoughts that we think are, are, are dreams. The dream thoughts fade away, and the thoughts you think in this reality fade away. So we live in a dream of thought. We mm. live in a thought dream right now. We're dreaming this. What do you mean we're dreaming? I'm not dreaming. Well, that's because you're asleep. <laughs> so how can you wake up in the dream right now? Disrupt the pattern. Mm-hmm. How can I disrupt the pattern? Disrupt the pattern of your speaking. That will that will cut the 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 connection to the dis to the disembodied state, which is the ego, mm-hmm. and it will shift your attention into the embodied state, which is the which is your which is your body, which is the feminine. The masculine energy is the ego, the forward thrusting of the power of my thoughts going forward. 
the yin energy, the feminine energy, is the inhalation, is the quietness, is the stillness, is the valley that holds, that holds the embryo, that, that holds the space. Mm -hmm. so, so people are out of balance with the masculine energy and they need to balance more with the yin energy. Well, how can you do that? You can do that by pausing because mm -hmm. I stop firing my dragon's breath and I allow you to inhale. Mm -hmm. It allows me to ground myself. But if I keep firing my dragon's breath, I keep talking, I keep talking, I keep igniting, 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 get angry and angry and emotional and emotional. You have to be able to control yeah. the on, off switch. But you got to be aware that there is a switch. <laughs> yeah. And the switch lives in the emptiness between the sounds that you speak. And, and that's the power of the observer. Yeah. That's what I call the hawk's eye view. Mm. I have, I, sure. I do some shamanic. I, I, I am a Love Sha I'm going to Sedona. So I'm looking for Sean. Oh, oh, I'm in Sedona. I was there last a year ago. It was awesome. I want to talk about that because I'm yes. serious. I'm going to Sedona and I want oh. to find myself an authentic shaman that can take me to another oh, yeah. level of consciousness. You're there out there. Yeah. That, but with, when you're in the shamanic world, animals, nature, they all take on meaning in a way that we, in our culture as a, as a group, kind of deny that there's any like sentience there or anything like that. But so for me, a hawk's eye view is that getting out of the, not the body, but the experience of the body and looking at it from this other perspective going, why, why am I reacting that way? I don't want to feel that way. I can choose to react differently. So that's for me, that's a reminder when I get, when I get into that, you know, that, that sort of skewing things too fast and, and getting wound up, I, I, take a breath and go, okay, I need to take the hawk's eye view. Let me back up a little bit from the situation. That breath is a space. You bet. That breath is, up breath is, a, is space. Number one. Yeah. Take a breath. Yeah. If you, if you're able to disrupt the, 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 the thought vortex that mm -hmm. see what Eckhart Tolle describes it as when you, when you see something in the movie that you're watching right now that you don't like, which means that it's affecting your identity. You're, something's attacking and defending your identity because you're not in love with what's in front of you. You don't like what's in front of you. You're getting stirred up. And the more that thing affects your identity, the more, like, let's say it's God. Let's say people sometimes are strongly attached to the identity of the God. And I say something about your God really mm -hmm. stirs, up, stirs up the energy. And so you, and if you can't just disrupt it, Tony Robbins, pattern changes. He talks about change the pattern, change the pattern mm -hmm. all the time. And, and pat, pattern disrupt techniques. So disrupting the pattern, which means you have to wake up. And, but you don't know you're in the dream of thought. So what you said earlier is a technique. Mm -hmm. the, the technique is, 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 is any time today, have the thought that I'm thinking. I don't care when it is, what it is, just have the thought, oh, Alan, Lauren is thinking about, boom. All right, now you caught the thought. You got the net, now, now, now you caught the little sucker. Essentially, <laughs> it just goes by, you don't even know where it is. Now you like caught it, you're holding on to it. And now you're going to say, all right, all right, before I move on, I'm going to, I'm going to practice a stop technique. And the S is stop, which I just did, and it becomes still. The T is take. 
three deep breaths. You need the full breaths through the nose, all the way to the belly, push the belly out, bring it up. And the O is observe any tension in the body. And as you breathe out through the soles of your feet, allow that energy and tension just to fade away. Mm -hmm. Do that three times. And then P is come back up out of that place of stillness, open your eyes and proceed with kindness. Mm. So do one kind act, whatever it's put a smile on your face. Yep. Say something good about the weather. Have a happy thought. And yep. that will take about 30 seconds. And what that does is that whatever thought you were thinking when you went into the process has faded away. <laughs> and if you can make thoughts fade away, then you part the clouds and you see the sky mm -hmm. and you fall in love and you speak with love and you speak with compassion because you've identified yourself with the sky and the yeah. sky is all of us. You don't identify with the clouds, right. but you got to part the clouds, which means you have to part the ego, but the ego yeah. doesn't want to be parted. No, 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 no. <laughs> ego is right. You're not going to part me, little sucker. Ah, yeah. ah, 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 ah. And that's the problem that people have. And that goes back to what a transpersonal psychologist does. Yeah, it yeah. Parts the ego. Yeah. The ego at first was, was a villain to me. When I first learned about the ego in this format, not in like the, you know, Freud format. Sure, sure. <laughs> but it was, it was, I felt like it was dangerous to me. It was controlling me. It was doing all of these things. And then I learned later that, as I, as I learned to kind of set it aside because it wasn't, wasn't helping me in my frame of reference at the time, that was part of that practice, like at the stoplight, you know, just to kind of, okay, put it aside, breathe, be in the moment. But I've learned that ego is actually here to help us. But sometimes it's like a helicopter parent. You know, it's, try, it's trying too hard so that we can't grow, we can't stretch, we can't find our way to the sky. And so I know that ego can be like a triggering word for some people because I think at the beginning of a journey, you're taught that that ego is controlling you, which it is, but it's doing it like a parent. It means well, is what I want to say. But as you learn to set it aside, ask it to be quiet, whatever, however you want to imagine that, it becomes kind of a comfort to me to know that if I'm in an emergency, my ego is going to pop in and tell me what to do. You know, it's going to, it's going to take over in those moments. But it doesn't have to be a constant control in my life. It can be the parent who is living across the country and is more of a mentor now. And for me, having that, that visualization or that, that relationship shift with my own ego has really opened things up for me and allowed me to explore, to get curious, to find the sky more often and more easily. And meditation did that for me. Meditation is the outer meditation is controlling the timing of the spaces mm -hmm. between the thoughts that I speak. And since the thoughts that I speak a second ago were the thoughts that I'm, I thought, what I'm doing is I'm slowing down. Normal speaking, probably about 200 words per minute. Then you can go slower. So I train people to, to become aware of the timing of the, of the sounds that they make, not the content or the words, just the sounds, the sound, sounds, let's say cat, you know, 
just be aware that I'm blowing bubbles of sound right now. And as long as I blow the bubble, you hear the sound. But as soon as I stop blowing, you hear no sound. Mm -hmm. And so if you can consciously create the sound and you create the no sound, then you have control of the timing. And when you have control of the timing, you have control of the reins of the tongue of the ego. Mm. So you can tame the ego by taming the ego's tongue. How do you tame the ego's tongue? Doesn't make any difference what the ego is saying, but the ego is now awake to realize that I can control the vibration of my speaking, regardless of the situation that I'm, that I'm looking at, which keeps me grounded. And what the Buddha would talk about would be mental equilibrium. That's the yin yang. That's the balance between the feminine and the masculine, the outflow and the inflow. To, in order to unravel the ego, all you have to do is unravel the thoughts that the ego speaks. But every time you unravel a thought, the ego wants to defend the thing that you want to take out. I want to take out a sound right now. No, I want to put the sound. No, you want to take out the sound. No, I'm going to, I'm going to put my space in there. So then something in the ego world dissolves. Mm -hmm. And so as you practice every day for five minutes, just practice putting spaces between the sounds that you speak. And immediately you can take a breath because if there's no space between the sounds that I speak, try to, try to breathe and speak at the same time. You can't do it. But if you pause in the middle of my speaking, I'm able to inhale prana. I'm able to inhale the power of the energy of, of the life around me from the sky. I, I, can, I can access the power of the sky. And that will add heat to dissolve the, the clouds even more. So the more every time you can pause and breathe on your journey in life, a little bit of the clouds because you just became still, mm -hmm. you just became quiet, mm -hmm. clear, and you got to see something that was on the other side, but you had to let the ego, you had to erase a little bit of what you can see yourself to be. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the challenge. But, but, but that's why meditation is so valuable. Because you're managing the thoughts. You see the thoughts, you let them go. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. And then pretty soon, you don't see as many thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And occasionally, you hit that magical space where it's just quiet. Woohoo! Yeah. It's, I, I have not mastered doing that every time I meditate, but I mean, not ever, but it's really magical when you hit that spot. The other thing I noticed about myself as you were just talking with that beautiful cadence is that I focused more on you instead of what I need to be asking next or how do I want to interject into the conversation. It gave space, and I'm seeing myself do it right here, <laughs> to just listen and be and relax. And it's very peaceful. So it's kind Absolutely. of, it reminds me of music. I listened to YouTubes, and there was a YouTube that I... I liked, and I ended up listening to a lot of Alan Watts. Alan Watts talked about, he says that, and Christian Murdy says the same thing. He says, when you begin to hear the person's music, that they begin to sing music, that you're trying to figure out a way, how do I get beyond the judgment? The judgment of good and bad creates the horror. 
uh, creates the hell. And the first lesson is there is no good or bad. Everything just is. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Everything, <laughs> everything not, not as just is, folks. Some things do have, well, whatever I decide is that I, I am painting that meaning of what is, and that becomes reality in which I, which I speak. And that's the second lesson in the Course of Miracles, is that everything you see, you add the meaning to. Whoa. Then all of a sudden, there's now a, a, an awareness that how do I get to that place where there is no judgment? How do I get to that place? It's, it's a place in which there are no thoughts. Oh, well, yeah, that's cool, but I'm not going to sit on a mountain for 20 years. Damn. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. You can quiet the voice of the ego. And you have range. You can get as loud as you want. You can get as quiet as you want. It's you. But you have to be very present and mindful and anchored and aware. You are doing it. You describe it. I described it as being able to be aware I'm, I'm at the traffic light. Mm -hmm. And I have these thoughts going on inside my head. And I'm going to choose. Are there are they a thought I'm going to think about? No, I think I'm going to take a breath. And all the thoughts fade away. That's why the breathing is so, so critical. Is that it, because the problem with the breathing is if, if, if you don't think about breathing, you get about a, a half a liter each time, about 500 milliliters of air come in, 500. The whole thing is six, six liters. Wow. And there's lots of empty spaces in there. So if all you have to do is say, Alan, Lauren, I'm going to take a deeper breath this time. I'm going to take a full breath. So rather than the 50, 500 liters, you can get full. That, that's 150, 200% more prana just because I had the thought, Alan, take a breath. Yeah. But you're not going to have the thought, Alan, take a breath, unless you're awake. Because otherwise, you're playing the dream of the ego. You're, 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 whatever the ego is thinking, that's what you're, you're not thinking thought about breathing you're thinking about whatever you want to say <laughs> and so now you got to have when you're on the whatever i want to say you have to have the thought in the middle of that to say whoop and that will dissolve mm -hmm. and if you can dissolve the thought that 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 you're thinking the thought creates the tension yeah. in the physical body which creates the disease mm -hmm. so i can go back to the thought that causes the disease and evaporate thought, and that will heal the body. Mm -hmm. What causes what what causes the 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 holding on? Well, what's causing the holding on are your are your complaints and grievances <laughs> about the world in which you live. Yeah, and if you can, my my wife today sent me a, a cartoon. And it was a Charlie Brown cartoon. And she said, I'd love it. And I did. It had to do with Charlie Brown holding the blanket, you know, and, yeah. and doing the traditional branding. And it talks about forgiveness. Yeah. And he says, you have to be practicing forgiveness of that which you think causes you the pain the suffering, the attack on my identity. You attack my identity. I'm going to attack you. And that is 
that those are called attack thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and so the ego is playing attack thoughts, but the problem with that is is the is the movie Game of Thrones or Dragons or something like that. They show you the big mouth of the dragon, mm-hmm. and, and you see the fire starting to build up in the dragon's mouth. The fire's building and building and building, and then the dragon goes rah. <laughs> And so this is the human being going, ah, defending its ego like the dragon's breath. But the thing started inside themselves. Yeah. The pain, the fire started inside yourself. Right. And so you got to burn yourself first in order to psychologically get the satisfaction of, of, of righteous wrath and whatever is right and wrong. But you're burning yourself. So you have to wake up. And yeah. say, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want to burn myself anymore. Right. Right. So then you have to forgive mm-hmm. in the dream the things outside right. of yourself from the time you were born and what your father told you, the father told you, and all your, you, you got to forgive it all. Mm-hmm. But the ego is not in the forgiveness business. Yeah. The ego yeah. is in the preservation of me business. Right. And me means. My identity and my identity is that I am an American. I am a da-da. I am in this. And I will defend to my dying breath. <laughs> Carlson Heston says he held the rifle above his head. Yeah. My right, right to hold my weapon. It's like, woo-hoo! <laughs> Talk about one identity. The, one of the things that I discovered about myself in my journey with a narcissistic mother who had dementia, <laughs> which is a roller coaster. I couldn't forgive her for the longest time for all the childhood stuff, all this. I held on to it, which of course made me miserable and made me defensive. And at the end of her life, she was diagnosed with cancer with, and given like four months to live. And wow. it was such a blessing. And we all knew it was a blessing because she was about to move into a memory care unit. And she, that was not something she ever wanted. Sure. So we were able to approach it from that, which was, that was a blessing to to be able to go, okay, this is, we have a finite period of time. We'll enjoy it. But for me, it was also a blessing because I suddenly realized in a heartfelt way, she was never going to change. And the only person that could change our relationship was me changing my reaction to it. Yep. Changing my attitude about it. Stop being a victim of it. Yep. Victim was the big thing, realization for me. You bet. And because of the time limit and because I had been doing a lot of work to heal myself and understand myself better, I was able to finally forgive her. And this was probably when she had about three months left. And she softened. She'd never softened in her life, but she softened after I did that. I softened. She softened. It was such a gift to give to her as well as myself. Yes. And the lessons I learned from that, that understanding that I was casting myself as a victim of my mother and casting her as the, you know, as the, the meanie, instead of just looking at her as she's doing the best job she can, I'm doing the best job I can. I can forgive all the rest of it easily. Let it go. It's not going to change. It's only hurting me. It was apparently hurting her too. And that last three months were so, I still get emotional about it. Sure. I feel it. It was a precious time. But it it was, I had to, I had to let go of being the victim of my own painting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> you had to let go of that. But the ego wants to hold on to the painting. Doesn't right. want to yeah. let it go. Yeah, I mean, I had But when to... you let it go, what you experienced was softness. Yes. Stillness. Love. Compassion. Compassion. A lot of and, compassion. <laughs> and, and the idea is that what you think and what you see are the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you change the thought that you were thinking about the movie that you've been watching for 40 years. And you decided to change my thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you were able to surrender, yeah. let go of of the thought because there was another thought that that held supreme that came up that that caused an awakening to happen in your consciousness which made the letting go of the victim okay yeah and that 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 thought is there for everybody yeah yeah it's it's a, it's a wake up thought but you but the difficulty is that we don't know we're dreaming right and so the stopping technique that i talked about begins to put a little anchor, a little, little anchor into the, because everything's moving. Mm-hmm. You want things to be still. You don't want things to be moving. Right. You want things to be still. You want to be 500 feet below the ocean, absolute stillness. Nothing moves at all. Mm-hmm. Can you get your physical body still? Can you get your breathing still? Can you close your eyes? Can you allow your focus to be in your body and one of the meditation techniques that i learned from Sadhguru, which i do every day he calls it the sunya technique sunya meditation the sunya meditation is 16 minutes and you close your eyes comfortable position i cross your arms relax i i I do my hands like this and in my lap and he says for 16 minutes no more watch the thoughts that you think. And every time you see yourself thinking about whatever you're thinking got caught by, every time you can catch yourself, stick a mantra there. And I can't tell you the mantra, but I can tell you, and you you could use a a good mantra, Om Namah Shavaya, Om Namah Shavaya, Om Namah Shavaya. Just do it three or four times. Until you, until you have stopped that thought that you were thinking has faded away. And what will happen? You'll get another thought. And then, oh, the mashavah, oh, the For 16 minutes. And so you are practicing dissolving thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. like the whack-a-mole, at the, you know, the mm-hmm. thought comes up, whack. Yeah. Thought comes up, whack. And that works wonderful. Mm-hmm. Because I'm practicing the whack-a-mole with my outer speaking. By pause. Every time I pause, I'm mm-hmm. telling my voice to stop. And I can play it with the thoughts that I think every time I have a thought, go back to the mantra. And I did, you probably did also, Transcendental Meditation, TM. I didn't. I couldn't afford it. Well, you said you were a hippie. You, <laughs> you told me you are a hippie. I've, I'm a little behind the hippie. Yeah, but it was. I was in college and I was broke and <laughs> I couldn't okay. do it. So. All right. Well, the TM technique is the same thing. It's 20 minutes and they give you the mantra. You, they, mm-hmm. they do a... Oh, Lauren, you're a, you're a Sufake. Mm-hmm. And so for you, just go for 20 minutes, Sufake, Sufake. And it is whatever, whatever you're going to say, it's going to be your, your chant right. that, that you're going to do. And that's, that stills the mind. So what we're doing is we're, 
I know your audience can't see all these things, but you can, so enjoy it. Yeah. You get you get you get agitated, uh, right? And every time you become still, every all the agitation, and then then you go back to clarity. Mm-hmm. And so when you close your eyes, you become still. Just closing your eyes and breathing reduces a lot of a lot of this. And and then you develop a practice. Then then you want to. What can I do every day, like brushing my teeth, that allows me to anchor my energy field in a state of stillness? What can I do? And 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 lots of people offer lots of different practices. Yeah, you get a little bit from here, you get a little from there, and you create you create your own practice. But right. the, the purpose of it is an eyes closed place. Probably get your yes. eyes closed. Focus on the breathing. No distractions. Okay. Right. right. All right. That's you got to do that. You know, I even have a sign that I put on my on my office door when I'm meditating, so that my husband doesn't because he works at home sometimes too, and he's like, "Oh, I can't go in there now." <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I I love talking to you. You just you have so much wisdom. I I, I was going to add one quick thing to the mantra. I've never really used a mantra myself, but I, I asked people for all of 2022 what their favorite mantra or affirmation was at the end. And so I heard a lot of mantras. Wonderful. And one of my guests said that she really liked the mantras because it was in a language she didn't speak. Right. So she couldn't negate it. Her ego couldn't negate it. And I thought that is brilliant. Because <laughs> yeah. our ego will go right in. Oh, you don't deserve abundance or you, no, you don't, you're not going to be happy today. Why don't you be happy today? You've got all this shit going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that, I just thought that was such a brilliant thing. I had to, I had to insert it here because. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, I just, it was one of those aha moments for me because affirmations have never really worked that well for me because I think I can negate them too easily. So yeah. And those are, those are judgments about. Yeah about the process that's going on inside your head. There's another right. part of you that's that's judging this is good, this is bad, this is mm-hmm. right. And when all the thoughts are 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 held together, I call that constipation. <laughs> so, the, so the ego is constipated. So you want to okay. you want to add some space. Yes. And how can you add space? You can add space between the sounds that mm-hmm. you speak. And now your voice has more of a captivating ability because the more present you are, the more balanced you are, the better you're able to articulate your thoughts. And articulation, three parts to articulation. Part of articulation is the clarity of the thought form. So I'm, I'm taking a thought from inside, I'm bringing it out here. How, how clear, actually the formulation of the thought, is it? Is it full of ahs and oohs and ums and ahs and oohs and oh, is it? Is it clear? Mm-hmm. Okay. Second one, understandable. Is it understandable? Is the person able to take whatever abstraction they're trying to figure out and put it in a package of clarity that is understood through, for example, visualization? And and the one I I love is the third pillar of articulation is fluidity. Fluidity. Fluidity is the reducing of friction. If your thoughts that you think are close together and the thoughts that you speak are close together, then you have friction. 
And all you have to do in the outer world in your speaking is to pause between the thoughts. And as you create that space, it reduces the friction, mm. which reduces the psychological suffering. And all you got to do is children can do this. Everyone can do this. Just practice putting spaces. It will reduce the friction, mm -hmm. which reduces the heat and allows for a fluidity to occur because now you're using the sky because mm -hmm. the sky is the, is the spaces, the, the being and the sky. You're putting beingness into your communication. And so now, you, so this, so it's, it's funny because God cannot do for you what God cannot do through you. And so mm -hmm. you're allowing yourself to be a channel of the sky. What does that mean? <laughs> hey, it just means pause between the thoughts that you're speaking. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And you'll become yeah. a channel of the sky. There is such power in sound. And one of the major sounds we bring into the world is our voice. And it's something that I have become very conscious of since starting this podcast, particularly, mm. is that I want my energy to be in a good place when I'm interviewing people because I want that vibration, that higher vibration you bet. to go forth. Yes. And so a lot of what you're talking about is making the space for that to be more fluid, to flow more easily to other people by not creating that friction. And that's you something see, I have to work see, on. See that, the what? That's something I have to work on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good news, you are aware mm -hmm. that there's something going on, not quite sure what's going on that I think would be valuable for me to take a look at that and, and work on that. Mm -hmm. which is my business, by the way. That's yes. what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be enrolling people into the two and a half hour coaching session, give them the discount, 997. That's Michelle talks about. We'll go down mm -hmm. to 897 for two and a half hours. Then we have the virtual classes, which are the three-day experiences. And we have the three-day, we have live trainings. And so if you see value in what we're talking about, it's like, well, let's go to the gym. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, go, we'll go to the gym and work out. Great. Uh, and so that got me, that got me into the Kan Kalalandi stuff like that. And Kundalini? No, not oh. the Kundalini. It's a, it's a scheduling of podcasts. So, oh, Calendly. Yeah, you know about, you know. About <laughs> I love Calendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like, looks really great. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah, it is. And it's actually pretty easy to use. But yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And so we will get that information from you to put in the show notes as to how people can contact you. Is there one, one place that they can go that's the best place for you? The website, the website, okay. acamindfulyou.com okay. would, would be the website. Then, then you have all the links. Yep, yep. I think that that brings us pretty much to the end of our conversation. It's did that answer your first question? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I knew we would, we would have a good, you know, it's just, I love, see, I can't get my words out. Slow it down. Very back. good. Very, very, very good. Very, very good. The, the speed in which you are putting your words out is like music. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you want staccato notes and sometimes you want whole notes and you want to be able to choose. So what happens is the ego is more in the staccato notes. So not a lot of space in there, a judgment going on, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And as you begin to slow down, 
the pattern and of your speaking in five minutes a day in front of the mirror by yourself practicing that would be would be enough then then you catch yourself yeah faster and Which pretty soon <laughs> you 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 become aware when Eckhart Tolle talks about most people here's the event and here's your reaction to the event it occurs at the same time because mm -hmm. you want to get to the point where here's the event and with and here is now your response to the event, not your reaction to the event. And what Thanks. is required required is a space. And so by creating space anywhere between the thoughts that you think or between the thoughts that you speak, any space will work at making you a better observer of and, and not get hooked by all the things that are so easily hooked by, including what other people think about you. Lovely. That's, that's a big hook, you know? Yeah, it's that's a, a lovely hook. summary. Thank you. So. You're welcome. <laughs> and part, part of that, you know, look, I didn't know, but the, the part, part of that is, is your listening yeah. allows me to speak. Werner Earhart talked about it. He says your speaking is granted by the listening of the audience. Often people think the speaking is me speaking. Well, if the audience wants to hear you, it's sort of an opening for you. Then all of a sudden the quality and what it means to me is that the channeling of the sky, I'd never had that thought before. And so that, that that's a new thought. Mm -hmm. And when the thought went through me, it was like, whoa, that's a, that's a nice way of describing it mm -hmm. because that allows everybody who are you channeling now, Laura? Are you channeling the sky? You're channeling your ego. Mm -hmm. And allows you to see the sky and it sees the clouds and see, and and you get the feeling of a letting go in order to experience the sky. It's a letting go of something. So what are you letting go? You're letting go of the thoughts that you're speaking, which which gives you that. I call it aerating your thoughts. You're you're aerating it. You, yeah. you you are allowing them to be little objects in the space. You you're more of the space. You're not the objects. You're just, you're the space that holds the little objects. Thanks. All right. So I have one question for you that is my 2023 question I'm going to ask everybody. Okay. And that is, is there a book that you would recommend to people who are interested in, in mindfulness or any other aspect of what you do? I know you do because you've been referencing books all along. <laughs> I do read from time to time. Uh -huh. The the book I I bought I bought this book forty years ago and brought it out a year and a half ago and have been reading it religiously for the last year and a half. So this this book is a okay. course in miracles. It is lessons every day. It's three hundred sixty five lessons. I've been doing it for a year and a half. I'm about halfway through, so I don't do one a day. Mm -hmm. Yet it is a a roadmap of of exercises that you do in order to reach that I am the sky, not the clouds. And then you realize that, well, I'm the sky, but the sky includes the clouds. And so the clouds become something that are pretty, then I can do what I want with the clouds to make them enjoyable, which is the ego is positive, not negative. Mm -hmm. 
versus those are dark clouds. Well, that's a judgment. You know, mm-hmm. you got to hold hold back. There are no dark clouds. It's just, it's just you got dark inside yourself. You project it out, and and so that is just a. So I want to acknowledge you for the listening you give to me. That allows me to sing my song. It's it's wonderful. It's my it's pleasure. Gift. I I get so much out of these conversations. I feel like I've made so many great new friends and learn so much, which is why I love doing it. Cause I, that, I that's me, me too. That's part of the idea of meeting people like you. It's like, Hey, it's, it's, it's another human being on the planet that I have a connection with Yeah, that, that we have ex- exchanged things. And this is twice. This is twice. Yes, then. That's right. That's right. I, I have a feeling there will be more. All right. Go on. No, I thought I lost that thought. It wasn't a very important one, apparently. Well, I lose thoughts all the time. Yeah. I, I find that the, the whole idea of, of holding on to something, the analogy they use is holding on to sand. You you mm-hmm. grab it and then it just sifts away. So you got to get used to things dissolving. Oh, yeah. I'm really and, used to it. <laughs> and Buddha talks that everything is is impermanent. Everything, everything is, is, is moving all the time. Right. right. And trying to hold on to something, it's just going to cause issues. And so what people try to hold on to is their identity. Mm-hmm. And they try to, they try to, I speak for my identity. That's right. what I'm holding on to my identity, whatever I consider myself to be that day. Yes. Because your identity changes all the time. Well, I also know that you are about to start up your own podcast. Yes. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your plan for that and what it's going to be called. And, and that way, when this comes out, we can make sure we link to it. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Well, first of all, I decided, well, what do I enjoy talking about? Well, for the last hour or so, this is the things that I enjoy talking about. Mm -hmm. So if you enjoy talking about things that Laura and I have been talking about, those are the kind of people I'd like to, I'd like to have an an, an audience, a bigger audience. So we have a a, a thousand Laurens in the audience now talking about it and 10,000 Laurens in the audience about. That would give you a sense about what energy, mm-hmm. the energy of the sky. Lauren has her path. Alan has his path. And each path will get you to the sky. And and, and, and so you can choose, you can dart around, you can try. Uh, and so it's wonderful to be able to share with people who just heard, uh, heard, heard, heard us, our conversation, to be able to tag on onto that. Yeah. So I'm going, well, I want to interview people like Lauren. Good. I, I want to interview psychologists. I want to interview meditators. I want to interview people who use mindfulness, who are interested in the mindfulness journey in order to transform your own reality to allow you to be more at ease, more relaxed in dealing with all the stuff that is thrown at us every day. And it seems to be more and more and more. Mm-hmm. But to be able to be ourselves. What can we do? What mindfulness activities can we do to get ourselves back under control? Yeah. And my, my specialty and my journey is speaking. Yeah. Controlling the sounds that you make. Wow. I'm interested in talking about speakers, entertainers who, are, who recognize music. Yeah. Music would be the ability to put silence yep. between the notes. So that's, that, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. You need sound on there. Healers, yep. Sound healers, specifically. So it's a good marriage for you. Thank you, thank you. Because I'm, I'm, crea- I'm, I'm a beginner. So I, I, I want all the, 
I'm Put looking all the forward to it. that I can. I can tell it's going to be it's going to be fabulous, and I hope you'll let me know when it gets released so that I can do some promo for it myself. Thank you very much. All right, so I'm going to thank you again for being here. We keep extending the conversation because it's hey, just, just ask me another question. So I like this juicy stuff. And yeah. So I hope you all have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have and have learned as much as I have. I, I love the tips that you've given us along the way, the, the stop thing. I'm going to pull that out and make sure that we get that in the, in the show notes specifically. And I will link to lots of these other things that we've talked about that the book, A Course in Miracles and his website and podcast when it's available. Sure. And I hope you'll come back next week for another fabulous conversation here at Curiously Wise. We release new episodes every Tuesday. And in the meantime, stay curious.